What's going on, Knicks Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Knicks Nation podcast here, joined by my co-host, Chris. Got to just touch on a few things that, you know, we realized and noticed during these past few games for the New York Knicks. It's still early, but there are some, you know, you want to call them concerns? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But um, Chris, what's going on, man? How have you been? Doing all right, man. Um, I'm hanging in there. It's, it's, I got to remind myself it's the beginning of the season. You know, Knicks are... You know, just trying to find their mojo, man. How are you feeling, man? Feeling good, feeling good. So the New York Knicks went one and two during this three-game stretch. They um, lost to the Boston Celtics in Madison Square Garden. Then they beat Atlanta in a great showing. Everyone pretty much showed out during that game. And then the NBA, honestly, the NBA did the Knicks no favors, having them go to the New Orleans Orleans in a back-to-back while the Pelicans were resting um, a few days, but hey, that's the NBA schedule. No excuses, right? But the NBA did them no favors. Nobody in that game was playing well. So we're one and two on the season. We have a back to back against the Cleveland Cavaliers here coming up. And I guess what I want to see out of them is, you know, some more con- continuity on the offensive end, um, defensive, defensively in that Pelican game. I feel like we took a step back as a team. Um, we can talk about some individual statistics here as well, um, especially Julius Randle, who has not been shooting the ball well to start the season. Don't know whether that's to do with his ankle injury or not. But yeah, Chris, I mean, we've seen some good things from the New York Knicks. Um, bad game out of Bronson first game, then a great game, then a you know bad game out of him again. Julius Randle had a to start the year. He's been shooting terribly. I mean, I have the stats right here. 13 of 47 from the field which is absolutely a disaster for especially for Julius Randle. I mean, during the playoffs, he wasn't shooting the ball as well. We don't know if that ankle injury is affecting him. RJ Barrett has been the lone bright spot to start the season. He's been the most consistent player. And then Emmanuel quickly had that great showing in game one, but he's been kind of like hot and cold, hot and cold. DiVincenzo, I mean, where do you want to start? Which player do you want to start with? Um, Anyone concern you the most? Or are you just under the impression like it's still early? Let's just calm down and relax. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in between, right? <clears throat> I mean, it's it it is early, but I'm getting a little bit of you know concern with Julius, man. Um, look, I know he had the ankle surgery, you know he he didn't have the summer he usually would have, and maybe that's playing a part in it too. But you know, it's kind of concerning. I mean, we did see him against you know the Hawks. He played, you know, he didn't shoot it well, but you know he was facilitating, getting other people involved. It was like a different Julius, you know. We always say when he's passing the ball, he he unlocks another, you know, it's just another aspect of his game that can actually make other players better. And then you fast forward to the Pelican game where his shot isn't falling and it didn't seem like he was trying to really pass the ball much, you know. Um, kind of frustrating, especially after the game, you know, against the Hawks where he showed he can do that. But I don't know, man. What What do you think about Julius? Do you think it's just basically he's too rusty you know his ankle surgery got in the way of his preparation for the you know season and now he's trying to ramp up during the season i mean i hate to make excuses or anything like that but i'm, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned because you know the, the trend with julius is 
one good season, one bad season. One good season, one bad season. But yeah, hopefully I'm wrong. But but what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on the Julius Randle, um, I just I don't know. I don't I don't really know. Like he does have a trend, one good, one bad season, one good season, one one bad season. But you know, I actually thought he was playing okay to uh start the season, especially during that Hawks game where he was a facilitator more or less. I believe he had nine assists. He's been more of a passive player and the Knicks came into this season wanting to be a passing team because obviously they offensively they're well they were top three in, in offensive rating but in terms of passing the ball they were one of the bottom teams in the league so obviously you want to share the ball more so I just feel like he's trying to simultaneously do both at the same time maybe but his shot just isn't falling at the moment look it's only three games um well do i think he's gonna snap out of it yes do i hope he can snap out of it yes but you know it's we've seen this with julius rando for years right he has cold streaks and he has hot streaks and he has cold streaks but i i guess i i'm just not that concerned because of his passing you know he's he's passing the ball really well he's getting he's trying to get others involved the look the pelican game how many turnovers did he have in that game like eight or nine or something something crazy in that game so obviously he's that game was look the way he was defending zion especially was he was trying to make zion shoot the ball and then zion would just blow right past him going to his left uh, i didn't understand the next game plan in that game especially tom thibodeau starting julius rando playing him the entire first and third quarter off of a back-to-back which is you know i mean that's tom thibodeau for you so this is a long season, so we hope to, uh, you know, get some other guys involved. But regarding Julius, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to just give it a few more games. And then if it, this continues, then, yes, I'm concerned. But, you know, we've seen him before. These hot and cold streaks just happen with him. And, you know, right now we're just going to have to live with it. It is what it is at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Definitely. Again, it's only, uh, what, three games now. He definitely has some rust, that's for sure. And uh, I hope he gets it together, man. We're going to need Julius. I mean, you know, he's a big part of this team. And I, I think it's a combination of, you know, all the things. The ankle surgery, not being able to go through his normal prep, and just, you know, trying to get his legs under him. But but we'll see, man. Hopefully Julius uh, can right the ship sooner than later. Yeah, um, I mean, his usage is still high. It's 27.9%. That's up there, obviously, with... R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson, along with Emmanuel Quickly, has wow. Emmanuel Quickly has the highest usage on the New York Knicks, twenty-eight point six percent. So when he's coming in the game, he's he's looking for his shot. Um, his his assist percentage, Julius Randle is actually kind of high too, twenty-nine point two percent. Um, that's pretty good. Um, obviously the turnovers during the last Pelican game was an issue. So yeah, I'm just looking at these uh analytic numbers. So uh, yeah, regarding. His shooting, I want to see his shooting. I'm just going through his shooting. Yeah, it's it's all bad. Uh, efficiency field goal percentage, it's negative 6.9% right now. Terrible. Negative 29 point, negative 29% at the rim. Uh, yeah, his numbers are all terrible right now. Uh, he's he's shooting best during um, when he's shooting the corner three. So, look, a few games in, uh, not concerned with, I mean, I'm a little concerned, but I'm, I'm just like what I'm seeing in terms of passing the ball from Julius Randle in that regard. Um, any game you wanted to touch on, Chris? I mean, the Pelican game, um, anyone else you wanted to pinpoint? Um, I know you were high on R.J. Barrett these first three games. He's really been playing well. Yeah, R.J., 
again, I, I love what he's doing. He just looks more confident out there. You know, he's he's hitting some shots now, and he's attacking the rim. But more importantly, he's making smart plays, man. And I think that's that's the biggest part of growth I see right now for RJ Barrett is just, you know, he doesn't look like he's second guessing himself anymore. He's he he's attacking. He has a plan whether he he's gonna go up or he's gonna dish out. You know, he just looks a lot more confident and. So far, so good with RJ, man. I think he's been the brightest spot right now for the Knicks. And uh, small sample size. But so far, I mean, if he continues this this trend, I mean, you know, he can make a pretty good leap for us here. He can. And what's been impressive um, is his mid-range shooting. Obviously, we've all wanted RJ Barrett to develop a mid-range jump shot. And he is shooting the mid-range jump shot at, a, I believe, a career high at 42% right now which is a career high. He's 8 of 19 from the mid-range. So if he can implement that in, in his game, look out. Um, I'm not saying he could be an all-star, but, you know, sky's the limit for this kid. And he's been the most consistent Nick player so far during these three games, and he's been very, very impressive. And I'm impressive. I mean, his defense, too, hasn't been that – hasn't been, you know, terrible. I mean, last year his defense was, you know, subpar to say the least. So, you know, yeah. R.J. Barrett has been a bright spot for us. And if we can get that, Chris, out of R.J. Barrett um, throughout the year, sign me up, man, because 23 years old, we keep throwing age uh, around R.J. Barrett. But, you know, who's to say he can't just continue to get better and better? And he has. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, we always throw around, hey, he's young, he's 23, you know. But, you know, now he's showing. He's showing improvement, and every player is different, right? Some Some players get it right away. Other players, they blossom a bit later and rj seems to be somewhere in between but he's always gotten better at something it seems every year and this time you know like you mentioned uh his defense you know last year not so great but so far to start this year and maybe it's because he's having more of an impact offensively he has that confidence it's trans you know it's translating to his defense he's giving more effort you don't really see him getting beaten too badly on the defensive end as he was last year yeah. So maybe that's just a product of him having a better flow offensively and it's just, you know, seeping over on the defensive end, which I love to see because, you know, RJ is capable, man. He's he, he showed us that he can play defense, you know, at a at a decent level in the past. So if he gets it, if he puts it all together, man, sky's the limit for RJ, in my opinion. You know, I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit, but I like what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I like what I'm seeing so far out of him as well. And he look, keep it up, man. I mean, you've been playing well. Uh, we just want nothing bet, nothing but the best for RJ. I mean, obviously he's caught slings and arrows, just like every other player in New York. But um, oh, yeah. yeah uh, look, we're one and two. It's nothing to get too concerned over. There are concerns. I mean, you know, right now the New York Knicks are obviously the one of the best. They are right now in terms of analytics, the best offensive rebounding team. In the league, efficiency, though, not so much. They are 27th in the NBA, which is not great. Free throw weight, 21st. They're getting to the line uh, sometimes, but they're not knocking down their, their their free throws. So they're trying to just share the ball more and more, but it just – here are the concerns I have. You know, I just want to get right to it. Um, obviously, we thought that Quentin Grimes was going to be – you know, at least I thought that Quentin Grimes was going to be a very key piece in our offense. And right now, it seems like Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson – Look, when Quentin Rhymes is starting, I, I, I just feel like he's just out there just doing cardio, Chris, at this point. Uh, I just feel like he's hasn't found his groove yet. And Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle sometimes need to take it upon themselves to help him, you know, get involved more in the offense. 
and your starting shooting guard shouldn't shoot under 10 field goal attempts a game. And, you know, two times, I believe, he shot on a 10 field goal attempts a game. And it was interesting during that Pelican game. He subbed, Tom Thibodeau subbed everyone out there in the last, like, three minutes of that game, but he left in Quentin Grimes. And I was like, why is this, why? He's your starting shooting guard. Wouldn't you want to take him out? It was a blowout. He left him in there. So I don't know if he's just trying to, you know, maybe spark something from Quentin Grimes, but I just feel like they need to do a better job getting him the basketball. And whether that's, as long as Grimes is going to play with Brunson, Randall, and RJ Barrett, two of the three of the top usage players in, in terms of, you know, the New York Knicks team, I just feel like he's not going to be able to shine, Chris. And I'm, I've had this concern, you know, coming into this season, and it's just the same thing with him, man. It's the same thing. And I don't know where to pinpoint it. Maybe can he come off the bench and shine with the bench unit? I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts about Grimes? Maybe it's it's weird, right? It's like a weird dynamic. He has all the tools, yeah. but it's like it's like they don't utilize him right. Right. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. I mean, you see it. He has all the tools. He's able to shoot. He's able to defend at a high level. He can, you know, he can create a bit and he's shown that he can even break down the defense also, you know, and he's not, he's not just a catch and shoot type of guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know everybody wants to make him out to just strictly a three and D guy, but you know, we've seen enough from Quinn Grimes where we know there's, there's more there to unlock. Right. And I, I think it goes back to, you know, the game plan, you know, I, I get it. You know, we have Julius Randle, we have Jalen Brunson, we have RJ Barrett, and those are the guys that are you know, more than likely going to take most of the shots. But I'll go back to the Celtics game, the first game of the season. There was actually a play that was called, and this was for RJ, where he curled off. This was an inbound play. Curled off. I forget who set the screen for him, but he curled off a screen and took a three-point jump shot. Why can't they run that for Quentin Grimes? You know? Yeah. That's, that's the type of creativity that I would like to see them you know put in a couple of plays for Grimes where he's getting screened and he can roll you know take a quick shot something like that you know I think that would fit his game perfectly I don't know why it's not done more hell if they can call it for RJ Barrett why not Quentin Grimes so to echo back to what you were saying though you know I do get worried too because he kind of gets lost in the shuffle and for him to unlock his full potential he needs to get some shots up at least 10 in my opinion he should be getting at least 10 at least at least I feel like you're one of your best shooters on your team should be getting at least 10 shots up a game. And I know RJ Barrett has been, you know, a bright spot for the New York Knicks. He's actually been shooting the three really well. But, um, you know, sometimes I would like to see some of those, you know, shots go to Grimes his way. Right. I mean, but the thing is, if you were to bring him off the bench, you would obviously bring him in with um, who would you like? Who would replace him? Josh Hart or DiVincenzo. So Grimes will come in with an Emmanuel quickly. Which I don't know. At this point, if this continues, like it might have to, it might have to, we might have to start talking about a switch in the starting lineup. And this is not because of Quentin Grimes' fault. It's because right. we're just trying to find out where he fits, right? And even DiVincenzo here um, hasn't, like during the Hawks game, he was awesome, but, you know, he just hasn't, you know, found his footing yet, especially Josh Hart. Josh Hart hasn't found his footing yet as well. Um, so he's been struggling off the bench, but. It's just three games. I don't want to overreact, but we're just seeing little things that we can pick at and nitpick here and there. So, you know, it's just things we wanted to bring up. But, yeah, Grimes, uh, uh, like five, like I just want to see a 10-game sample size of how the Knicks utilize him. And yeah. we, I guess we just go from there. I mean, he's look, he's still young. He's 23. He's one of their best shooters. And we just have to hope that, you know, 
they utilize him well. And fingers crossed, man. I mean, because I, I feel like if Grimes is rolling along with Barrett, that unlike that that makes us a, a, an elite team, a dominant team. And you know, yeah. sometimes the guys have to figure out when they're not having it, give it to Grimes. We'll give it to someone else. Um, I know I mentioned this before, but uh, when it comes to Quentin Grimes in the starting lineup, what do you what what change would you make there? I mean, I mean, do you think it might be time? And again, I know three games in, I'm not saying this right away, but eventually, if things continue going the way they do with Grimes, um, and again, not that he's playing bad or anything, we just want we're trying to find more shots for him, right? Yeah. Do you? Do you kind of kill two birds with one stone and just throw Emmanuel quickly in his spot? Let Grimes run with the bench and see how that goes. I mean, kind of kind of satisfies the quickly, you know, wanting to start thing. And kind of, in my opinion, will free up some, some shots for Grimes as he'll be kind of like, I guess you could say the focal point of the bench unit as far as scoring goes. Also gives him a chance to create a bit more and show show more of his talents. What what do you, what do you think about that? You see, I don't know. I feel like the the guy that would I would insert in, in, into the starting lineup would be a Josh Hart because he's not the guy that needs the ball in his hands to make an impact, right? And with Grimes, it's like he look he doesn't need the ball in his hands to make an impact as well. But he's such a great shooter. At times, he's just in the corner, just waiting for a pass or waiting for an open look, but. You know, would he be better suited off the bench with Emmanuel quickly trying to find him those open looks and a Dante DiVincenzo, more more playmakers, you know, in that regard, more more ball handlers that are willing to share the ball more? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. And I feel like it's something that the New York Knicks should look into because, you know, it, it's something's just not clicking with him in the starting lineup. Don't know where to look like Brunson. Has when when Brunson has it going, Brunson has it going. There's no stopping Jalen Brunson. When Randall has it going, there's no stopping Julius Randall. It's just sometimes, especially when those two have it going, especially with RJ Barrett, is just it's hard for Grimes to find his offense. That's why you have these nights where Grimes plays well, these nights where he's a ghost. So I don't know. I just hope the Knicks can find some kind of common ground with that, you know, and you know, a few games you know, go by 10, 15 games go by and we, it's the same result. Um, I, I feel like they should look into it. Tom Thibodeau left it open before the season. Right now, he said right now, Quinton Grimes is a starter, but who knows, man? Who knows? I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, just something we noticed about Quinton Grimes and hopefully he can shake it off. Um, Obviously, he's a great three-point shooter and whatnot. It's just that the Knicks aren't really utilizing him to his proper ability. And um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. So a um, couple of games here coming up, Chris, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And would you say that these are important games? Because some chirping is going on um, outside in, in Cleveland saying that, you know, they were salty about the first round loss and they can't wait. I think they were happy that we got eliminated from the Miami Heat. That's when they got over losing to the New York Knicks. Back to back games versus the Cleveland Cavaliers coming up here. And, you know, this is a different Cavs team. They may be without Garland, though, which is important for them. I think he's dealing with an injury. So, you know, different Cavs team, though, Chris. Looks like Donovan Mitchell's back practicing. So what are your expectations about this uh, upcoming two-game series against the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think I think we're taking both games. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I'm thinking. We yeah. got some time to rest, you know. Knicks are going to be in there. Tibbs is going to be on them. You know, we're going to clean up all this sloppy play, all this turnovers. You know, 
that's that's wishful thinking in my opinion um no in reality i think um you know i think it's gonna be a battle i mean you know the Cavs. obviously they want to bring it to the knicks we eliminated them they, they they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder they're gonna want to prove that you know i mean they can't call it a fluke right but they're gonna go out there and they're gonna want to make a statement in my opinion um you know, both teams have identical records right now. So, I mean, it's going to be a battle, man. I think the Knicks are going to definitely take one. I, I could see a split happening. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either if the Knicks took both. I think we just match up really well with them. And if they don't have Garland, that's more of a you know advantage for us. And we all know what Mitch can do, you know, two against one. So, in my opinion, you know, we're going to we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine now. Granted, we're gonna need Julius to wake up. We're gonna need Brunson to, uh, you know, be his usual self. But um, I feel pretty good. H- how do you feel about these these upcoming games? I mean, again, two tough games. I mean, tough. The yeah. Cavs are no walk in the park, but you know, I feel pretty confident going in. I feel like we need to split them because then we have the Bucks in Milwaukee on Friday. So we have Cleveland, then Cleveland, then the Bucks and the Clippers at home. So they're already one and two. You don't want to get off to a rough start, man, early in the season. I mean, mm-hmm. last year, I say that in the last year, we got off to a rough start and we uh, um, <laughs> made it to the second round of the playoffs. But, you know, I don't want to get off to a rough start, man. I want to start. Yeah, I want to start the season off on a high note, you know, um, good yeah. vibes all around. So I, I feel like you have to get this split, maybe take both of them, which is, you know, icing on the cake. I know the Knicks have the Cleveland Cavaliers numbers, but I just want to see, you know, more better shooting out of Randall. Brunson getting more people involved. Hopefully he can knock out the rust. Bench unit, Josh Hart. Concerned about Josh Hart at all? Um, these first few games haven't been, you know, the Josh Hart-esque games that we've seen later on in, in during last season and during the playoffs, especially. Um, are you yeah. concerned? Or are you just you just pinpointing it to, you know, FIBA rust and, and whatnot, maybe tired legs here yeah. and there? Look, this was a concern coming into the season. We said tired legs could be an issue. And I, I believe Josh Hart was quoted saying that, you know, he's tired. He doesn't know how these guys do it during the summer. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of I kind of give a little of of that leeway to uh, even Brunson, really, because, again, in the same way Julius, you know, couldn't prepare for the season like he normally would. You can say the same thing for Brunson. You can say the same thing for Josh Hart. I mean, these guys aren't used to playing in FIBA. And, you know, they're used to their normal summer preparations, in my opinion, and you know, they're creatures of habit, right? Yeah. So anything that changes that, you know, you, you never know how it's going to go. I mean, look at RJ, you know, RJ played in FIBA and he looks amazing right now to yeah, start. That's true. Yeah. So every every player is different, but I'm not too worried. Um, well, when it comes to Brunson, we all know he's going to figure it out. When it comes to Josh Hart, I think he's a little, you know, he's a little tired. Maybe his, his, his conditioning isn't there yet where he'd like it to be. Um, but I also think... You know, when we acquired Josh Hart, he gave us such an impact on, I mean, the timely shots, the the clutch three-point shots he would hit, the defense, the just all the gritty plays. But you got to remember, we were making a push into the playoffs at that point. So everything is just magnified. Right now, it's the start of the season. Yeah, You don't really want Josh Hart to be throwing himself into the crowd, diving for loose balls, getting hurt or something like that. You know, I think he's just trying to get – you know, get his feet under him and, you know, I think he's still playing well. He's still making timely shots, in my opinion, but maybe we got a little bit spoiled with, uh, you know, the impact he had earlier on last year. Yeah, uh, uh, look, it's still early, um, but, you know, 
Josh Hart, along with DiVincenzo, there's been spurts off the bench. Even Emmanuel quickly had that great game one, but he's been like okay. And um, obviously there's some concerns, but it's still super early, only three games in. Um, hopefully we get these, uh, you know, little little things situated versus Cleveland Cavaliers mini series. Um, but but yeah, Josh Hart. I mean, he's we know what he's gonna bring. Um, hopefully you know he can just provide that for us, and you know we can get it going. You know, I want to see these guys clicking, and we look. We saw that during the Hawks game, right? We saw everyone clicking during the Atlanta game, and I, I just feel like it was a bad back to back. Everyone was tired. It was a time zone change. Pelicans were resting. People were off. Randall was turning the ball over every single second. Literally, it was a tough watch. Honestly, it was a tough watch, especially yeah. watching Randall, you know, play on offense and defense. Um, just a tough, tough, tough loss. Tough, tough way to lose. But hey, man. We got another game coming up here, another couple of games that we, we got to get back. Dante DiVincenzo, Chris, any concerns? Just trying to find his footing on the bench. You can just point it to that, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's I think he's trying to figure it out. I mean, trying to figure out where he fits, you know, where to take his shots, where not to. Um, he looks a, a little bit lost out there, just a little bit. But I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine, man. There's always space out there for shooters, in my opinion. And especially someone who can defend at the level he can. So I'm not too worried about DiVincenzo, you know, new team, especially coming from the Warriors where, you know, it's a completely different scheme than what Tibbs runs, you know. So um, I'm not too concerned yet. Like you said, I would like a bigger sample size, but I think he's going to be fine. I mean, I don't, I don't I don't think I see a scenario where Dante DiVincenzo is, you know, stuck on the bench because he just yeah. doesn't fit or something, you know. No, we saw it during the Hawks game where he can uh, really shoot the lights out and he can play make a little bit. A couple of times that he's been caught, he's missed a couple of, you know, easy layups. And, you know, that was, uh, you know, red flag with him. He misses a lot of shots around the rim. His percentage around the rim wasn't that great. That was, you know, the only red flag with him. But we've seen it during the preseason, his defensive tenacity and is all going to be there. So not too, not concerned about that at all. Um, you know, like I said, we're just nitpicking here. But, um, you know, one and two, everyone wants to blame somebody. And, you know, we're just trying to pinpoint what can, you know, be better, what can, you know, what is bad right now and trying to figure out ways how we can get back to our winning ways. All right. So the NBA flopping rolls off to, uh, I would say, not so great of a start. I mean, I don't know how it is around the league, but, you know, Brunson has been called for a few flops here. Um, Boston game NBA admitted that they messed up pretty much posted a video about that you guys can go check it out but Boston game they admitted they messed up and uh, I believe during the Hawks game that like, he got hit with a fine too even Chenzo got hit with a fine in one of the games as well yeah they're, they're they're the NBA is literally tweeting out the videos of where these of where these players flop it's kind of funny to be honest with you but I mean flopping yeah. rule you like it hate it it is what it is I mean I, Brunson got called for another one um, kind of the same scenario where he went up for a shot and landed on a defender's foot. And come on, man, that's a foul every time. I don't understand how yeah. you can go up for a shot, land on somebody's foot, and then instantly flop. I mean, if they're doing that, that's amazing. But, <laughs> I mean, that's a foul. I mean, I don't like I, – I do like it because I do want flopping to be out of the NBA. But yeah. I think the referees are – so focused on it right now that instead of calling things that would normally be fouls they're just focused on oh that was a flop let's call that a flop 
And in my opinion, it's, you know, it, it's, it, it, I mean, in my opinion, that could have been the difference in the Celtics game, right? Because Brunson gets that foul call. He's shooting three free throws. Yeah. We possibly go up by five, and maybe that's a different game, right? Um, You know, I'd, I'd love to kind of get feedback and see what's going on with other teams in this flopping call, but it's it's getting to a point where it's getting kind of annoying, man. What, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I liked it when, you know, they first introduced it. It just, I just, I just feel like, feel like with any rule, it's obviously going to come with, you know, it's downfalls in the beginning. And I, I'm just hoping they clean it up a little bit. Maybe they can make it reviewable. Um, a couple of those calls, did Brunson, Brunson maybe flop? Maybe. But, you know, that Celtics one was a killer. And they're just trying to take flopping out the game, which I agree with. I hate flopping. Like, I hate floppers. But when yeah. I think of Jalen Brunson, I don't think of a flopper, right? Um Right. It's just, you know, I just feel like it's early and I just feel like they're trying to, you know, you know, there's some kinks that need to be addressed and, you know, hopefully it will be addressed, but it just sucks that it's against, it was against us in, in, a, in, in a negative way because obviously that game versus Boston could have turned into a positive way, but yeah, it is what it is, man. I mean, yeah. flopping is all over the league. I mean, they should make that reviewable because if you just judge it right. right there on the spot you know you really don't know like if somebody gets elbow in the yeah. face and they the the nba referee says that they flopped if you review that if what if they didn't actually flop and they actually got hit in the face so it's yeah, not reviewable kind of, right? kind of like what happened to iheart yeah i don't believe so i don't believe so i mean i think it should be like you said because i mean does it would it be more difficult to kind of uh pinpoint if it was a flop or not when things are in slow motion like I mean, I guess so, but yeah. In my opinion, that should be something definitely reviewable because, for instance, that that Jalen Brunson against the Celtics, if they reviewed that, they probably would have seen that. You know, nah, he, how can you really flop when he actually landed on Jason Tatum's foot? Yeah, I mean, I guess what my my biggest gripe with it also is like, is it only when are they only calling flops when there's like a motion, like when you're attacking the you know, the rim when you're going up for a shot or does it, does it, you know, can they call it when you're driving, you know, cause I saw the Atlanta game and Trey young was snapping his head back every chance he got, you know, every little layup. They were calling the fouls, you know, he, which is great. But, yeah. But I mean, you could have called yeah. at least 50 of these on Trey young himself. Yeah. True. But I didn't see not even one really, in my opinion, called against them. So what, what defines a flop? You know, isn't that the definition of a flop doing some kind of egregious, you know, look at me, I got hit type of deal. I mean, I don't know. That's that's kind of the frustrating part about it for me, at least at this moment. Um, There's just doesn't seem to be a clear cut. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's It's, it's, I'm frustrated right now. It's uh, (laughs) it's, yeah, the rule. um, Look, I like the rule, but right now it just. It just sucks. I mean, we'll see what comes about it. Hopefully, there's no games will be uh, impacted and them calling a flopping call in the last two minutes. That's that's kind of brutal. But, yeah. Um, so, Chris, today, the NBA actually released the, what was it, the new city floors? No, no, the NBA tournament floors. And, you know, they released yeah, a new floor for all 30 teams. And I'm going to put it here on screen. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, just come check out the video. Or if you haven't seen it already, it's all over Twitter, at Knicks Nation. But, what do you think of this new bright orange Nick floor that the NBA released in this NBA tournament style floor? Now, it was reported that the New York Knicks tried to get this floor to be gray instead of orange. 
So, Ooh. yeah. Uh, right now, it's just... Hold on. Let me... All right, so here it is on the screen, the YouTube screen. And, wow, you have the NBA Cup at each free throw line. <laughs> and you have the big NBA Cup in the middle. Then you have this just solid blue line going across from end to end. And, wow. <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? It's... <laughs> it's interesting i mean um i don't know i don't really like it too much to be honest but uh i mean earlier there was um all over social media you know the the new city edition uniforms that were leaked out i mean i guess those are definitely coming because that's the same new york in the middle of this court here yeah um i did like the jerseys a bit i mean uh they're interesting in their own right but i don't know about this floor man (laughs) It might be difficult to watch man, on TV, that's for sure. But oh, I don't man. know. What are your thoughts? I don't like it at all. Do you all. like this? No, it's it's ugly. <laughs> it's hideous. Are you kidding me? Like, what is this? Like, they just do they do that? Does the NBA like hire a designer like off the like street? Yeah, like, hey, I mean, do you design stuff? Can you just throw this together? Just let's add one cup to one end, another cup to the end, end another cup in the middle, double New York in the middle. Are we gonna wear the city jerseys during this? Is this why the double New York is in the middle? Like, I'm assuming it has to be. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense, in my opinion. I mean, the bright orange, the whole court is orange. I mean, maybe it looks better in person. I hope it looks better in person. But I'm that's sure true. seeing that's this on, true. I'm sure seeing this on the screen is going to be, oh wow, like, wow. But I, I'm hoping that it looks better in person because this image is, eh, eh, I don't like it. I mean, I haven't really looked at the other NBA teams, but I'm sure. Like, have you looked at the other ones? Like, I'm sure they're they're good ones, and I'm sure they're bad ones. They're pretty similar, actually. Yeah. They're actually pretty similar, where where the cup is on both sides and then one in the middle. So, must be a standardized. You know, maybe the NBA just wanted it to be this way um, for the first uh, tournament. And who knows? Who knows if it will carry on past this season? But I don't know. I'm, I'm I definitely like the jerseys that got leaked out, but I'm not too sure about this. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, they wear those jerseys and they're playing on this court. You're probably not going to see anyone. They're going to blend into the. <laughs> it's going to be difficult, man. In my opinion, but I don't know, man. I've seen. I don't know. There's so many. I don't know. They could have could have designed this, but they just threw orange on the court. Two cups, three cups on the court. Who knows? Maybe it looks better in person. But NBA tournament, I believe the NBA tournament starts this week, Chris. Like November, I think on November first or the third. I think those games count towards. I think the game versus the Bucks. I think counts towards the uh, NBA tournament that the Knicks have. Oh, so that's a hell of a game for it to start. Would you hang a banner in Madison Square Garden if the Knicks win that tournament, NBA tournament champions in Vegas? If we if we I, make I it to Vegas, are you t- are you booking a flight to go see the Knicks team, another team, NBA Cup Finals? Are you booking a flight for that? Oh man, it depends on the opponent, right? <laughs> I'd have to know that they're going to win it for sure. <laughs> that would be our finals, right? We haven't seen one in, what, 50-plus years. If we win the NBA Cup, will they be, like, people, I mean, fans will go crazy. You know Madison, you know 7-5 will go crazy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. bragging rights. We'll get the first one, you know? Ooh, okay. Ooh, I like that. First NBA Cup champions, a trivia question. So it's interesting, man. The NBA changed a little bit this season. It's interesting to see how this you know tournament structure will – you know, pan out, but 
yeah, I mean, anything else you wanted to talk on before we head up out of here? Um, you know, we talked on, you know, the struggles and, you know, just a few games in, you know, we don't want to get too crazy. Don't want to pinpoint anything that's, you know, yeah. wrong with the Knicks per se, per se, but next week we'll have a better picture. Like if the Knicks go two and over the Cavs, everything will be positive. If the Knicks go zero and two versus the Cavs and lose versus the Milwaukee Bucks, everything will be negative. Honestly, then we'll start, you know, having yeah. some concerns, but it's still early, right, Chris? No concerns. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this isn't this isn't a, a panic session here. We're just, you know, voicing some concerns that we we see throughout the first three games. You know, no need to panic. Still yeah. early. Like like the title of this pod says, "Shaking off the rust," and that's exactly what the Knicks are doing. I'm not overly concerned. Um, I'm sure we'll be fine. And uh, yeah, Knicks fans. I mean. Just stay tuned, man. Better things are to come. Better things are better things for sure are to come. I have a question from the comments from Buzzer Beater that I wanted to get to. He said, "This is for Anthony and Chris." Is one we um, Buzzer Beater came up with this. This is a question from someone on YouTube. All right, this is not from me or Chris. We do not want to do this, but he says. <laughs> this is for Anthony and Chris. It's one week before the trading deadline. RJ Barrett is shooting 47% from the field and 38% from three. He has a plus two net rating. Spider has declined his extension with Cleveland. That's Donovan Mitchell. Do you trade RJ Barrett for Donovan Mitchell? Such a straightforward question there. But uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't because it seems like Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be in Cleveland. You could probably out, outright sign him if he's a free agent in a couple of years if the Knicks will have cast space. But I'm not trading RJ Barrett for Donovan Mitchell considering what RJ Barrett did to them in the um playoffs but does donovan mitchell make us better yes yeah. but i'm not i'm not doing that what do you oh yeah share the same sentiment i mean Chris? oh yeah absolutely 100 yeah. i mean there's it's no secret donovan mitchell you know yes he's with cleveland he's gonna he's he's, he's he's a good player he's a good soldier he's gonna say all the right things while he's there he's gonna play out that contract but i believe there was some news that he made it known he's not signing an extension so yeah the writing's on the wall. He's he doesn't want to be there. He's not. He's and out the of Knicks know, you know, everybody knows he wants to come to New York. And why Why give up assets for him? Just wait it out. Wait it out and then sign him. If you want Donovan Mitchell, sign him. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he'll still want to come here, considering, you know, the comments that uh, Scott Perry made as of late. <laughs> that's been uh, flowing all over social media. Yeah. What are your. Um, we you know, need to touch him- on that. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe that'll make him want to come even more just to prove him wrong. But, um, you know, who knows? Um, would I trade RJ Barrett, though? No, no way. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even give up Miles McBride for him because the writing's on the wall. He's not staying with Cleveland unless they give him wait, some what? ridiculous wait, contract. Wait, wait, wait. Miles McBride, you wouldn't give up for Mitchell? Come on, kids. Now, now you're getting well, too- I'm saying I wouldn't give it up. Right now, I wouldn't give it up, man. Come on. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell can get signed for nothing, just money. Yeah, so yeah. But that's, that's not, not until another couple of years, mean, though. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, for real. That's not, that's not, that's down the line. But, you know, I think right now we're in a good spot. RJ's improving. Why not see where it goes, you know? Rather than ship him off. And who knows if RJ did turn the corner, then he just shipped him off. Yes, we'll get Donovan Mitchell, but it wouldn't just be RJ Barrett in that deal. Look, any deal involving a superstar would probably include, include or maybe a quickly. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, spitballing. But, yeah, Chris Scott Perry was all, all over social media pretty much saying that you don't give up the farm for somebody who's not 
who hasn't been to the finals or isn't a game changer. I'm, I'm like paraphrasing here. Yeah. I don't know exactly what he said, but it's clear that he was the one not trying to make that deal. Um, does does that is that the reason why he's no longer the Nick with the Knicks no more? Who knows? But you know, he gave a lot of details and, and to also praising R.J. Barrett um, into the trade, saying that you know, yeah, that was kind of shocking hearing that from him, honestly. Yeah, in my opinion, yeah. it was really shocking because you know this is this isn't long ago or anything. You're not talking about oh. 10 years no. later and then Scott Perry's revealing all his secrets or whatever. No, this was literally a year ago. <laughs> a summer ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's letting all these details out now and you know, I get it he's moved on, but you still kind of want to keep that on the wraps in my opinion, especially when there's still noise that he might want to Donovan Mitchell that is might want to come to New York still, you know? I think uh yeah. What do you think could could it hurt could it hurt the Knicks if they were to be like, hey, Donovan, we're still interested. You want to come here? No, because he's no you longer know, on the Knicks. Like, no. Scott Perry's yeah. no longer here. So I just I just feel like now he's, you know. Even so, though. Eh, no. Even so, though. He was still kind of in, ingrained in that front office. You know, he might think, oh, man, maybe other people share that same sentiment. And I'm sure to an extent that is true. But, you know, do you think that would hold yeah. any water? It may. But, you know, you know, what you said is true. Maybe, I don't know, I just, when, he, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's coming from Scott Perry. I mean, he rarely talked. No one in the front office talks for the New York yeah. Knicks. And now, you know, he's no longer there. And now he's talking. So maybe some people share the same sentiment as him. Maybe some people wanted to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Maybe Leon Rose wanted to trade for Donovan Mitchell. And Scott Perry was like, no, I don't want to trade for Donovan Mitchell. But I don't know. We'll never know. But it just seems like it's clear that he didn't want to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Um, now is that the reason why he's out of the job? No, I don't think so. It, was, it seems like it was a mutual agreement. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, but you know, it's just something to ponder about, something to think about, something to, you know, I don't know. We just have to wait and see. But I think, I honestly think the Donovan Mitchell experiment is probably over, I would think, but who knows? It was just, it was just shocking hearing that from, uh, Scott Perry, but you know, something for us Knicks fans to talk about and talk over. But I don't know. It's, it was it was interesting, man. I mean, I was thinking, yeah. I was like, wow, so Scott Perry, you're the one who didn't want Donovan Mitchell. Because I remember in the moment, I was like, damn, I wanted Mitchell, man. And uh, obviously, it worked out in hindsight. But it is yeah. what it is. I mean, so many chances to get Donovan Mitchell, right? And then you think, uh, and you almost feel like eventually it's just going to happen, right? I mean, you never know. But anything else you want to touch on, Ann? Um, there's been a lot of chatter on Carl Anthony Towns, man. No, Again, I don't want to touch on that. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I no, I have a feeling. I'm good. I mean, I've mentioned this before, too, with, with Carl Anthony Towns. If, if that's who we end up with as the star coming to New York, something went wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of rumors out no. there, man. It's just making me a little nervous. I, I feel like it, it'll be for it and beat, and um, I just feel like that's the big fish. If things go wrong in in Philly, obviously whoever's available will be traded for and beat. But but no, regarding uh, cat, don't want that. Uh, nothing to do with the New York Knicks. But um, yeah, man, we'll be back on here versus the uh, during the, doing the post game versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. So make sure you. Check us out. Once again, I am giving away an R.J. Barrett jersey. So if you didn't know, hit the other video, the R.J. Barrett video that I made. Like the video, subscribe, comment, and you will be entered in that 
raffle, ready to ship it out. Probably do, probably give it another couple of days. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have commented already. I'm already seeing good results out of that. That should be fun. We'll be doing giveaways all season long. But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up, man. We'll be back on Tuesday doing a post game. Chris, man, this was fun. As always, let's go, Knicks. This was awesome. Let's go, Knicks. We'll be back on Tuesday. Hopefully, talking about a Knicks win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, sir. I'm Anthony. That is Chris. We are out of here. Peace. Thanks for listening. Please hit that follow button to stay updated with our latest episodes. And we also greatly appreciate those five-star reviews. For you video enthusiasts out there, head over to our YouTube channel to catch the podcast in video form. YouTube.com slash Nation. You'll find all the relevant links conveniently listed in the show notes below. See you next time.